ago. Today we're going to talk about prayer. And in particular, Jesus is going to tell us the type of prayer that God always answers. Now you might be thinking to yourself, well, God answers every prayer. Sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no. But the implication of what Jesus says here is that there are certain types of prayers that God will give us what we ask for every single time. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 7 today. And we're going to start reading in verse 7 in just a minute. Matthew 7, 7. And if you've been in church for a while, you've probably read these verses several times. You've probably heard sermons over them several times. I've been in church all my life. I've heard them I don't know how many times. I think I've even preached over them a couple times. Uh, but as I was studying this passage this week, something stood out to me I'd never noticed. Of course, I noticed that Jesus is encouraging us to pray. But what I, what I had never noticed was how much he was encouraging us, commanding us, maybe even pleading with us to pray. And he doesn't just call us to pray some sort of half-hearted prayer, but rather an audacious, uh, believing, bold prayer that we're to offer to God. Now, I just want to be clear at the outset, Jesus has not given us, and I'm not giving you, some formula whereby we can uh, do certain things, say certain things, and we can get God to do anything that we want. We, he, he's, not, uh, he's not like a monkey on a string. We can't command God to do anything. That's not the way it works. But rather, if we pray the way Jesus teaches us to, we can pray with complete confidence that every time that we pray these, these types of prayers, God will hear us and answer us every single time. Now, just think to yourself, what would it be like if you could pray in such a way that God would give you what you asked for every single time? That would be pretty incredible, wouldn't it? Well, that's what Jesus promises in our text today. He promises that if we will pray the right way, God will hear us and he'll answer us because he loves us an awful lot. So if you found Matthew 7 in your Bible, please stand in honor of God's word. Uh, we're going to pick up reading in verse 7. Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? Thank you. Maybe seated. Now Jesus starts out this section of teaching with both a plea and a promise. A plea and a promise. And, and, and many times, whenever you read through the teachings of Christ, there are certain times that he'll give a teaching that just stands on its own. And this may be one of those times. But many times you can, you can trace from point A to point B and you can see how those things relate. And if that is the case in this situation, uh, it, it's because of this. You remember in... in uh, in chapter 6, he's been talking about anxiety. And then last time we looked at it, we talked about how uh, we shouldn't be judging others. We shouldn't be saying, you know what? You need to get that mode out of your eye when we are hypocrites. We've got the log in our own eye. And Jesus says in verse 6 that we need to have some discernment. And he says, don't cast your pearls before swine and, and things like that. In other words, you need to have some discernment on who you approach and how you do it. And if this teaching is related to what he's just gotten through saying, uh, the connection I think is this. If Jesus says you need to have some discernment on who you approach and how you approach them, the follower of Christ would rightfully say, how am I going to know the difference? How am I going to know who to approach? How am I going to know how to approach them? And in answer to that, Jesus gives the teaching, ask, and it will be answered. 
answered. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be open. But this specific instance is based on a general principle. Okay, Jesus is laying down a general principle in this plea and a promise. And I call it a plea because notice in verses 7 and 8, notice the repetition. Because remember, one of the things that you should look for in the Bible is when you see a repetition, the author is repeating that because they're emphasizing it. They're wanting you to get it. So Jesus repeats this idea of praying three times in verse 7. Ask, seek, and knock. Now, I don't think we should put a whole lot of, uh, deal a whole lot with the different words that he uses. I mean, there is some difference between asking has that idea of, of petition, of, of requesting. The Greek word literally means to beg. We've all had those times when we beg God for things. Uh, seeking is, is when we're looking for or pursuing something. And knocking is when, uh, like a door's being closed to you. You're, you're seeking admittance. And, and so there may be like an increasing intensity here, but from asking to seeking to knocking. But, but I think they all have the same basic idea. It's, it's going to God in prayer. And sometimes our prayers are more towards the asking and sometimes are more towards the knocking end of the spectrum. So there's this repetition in verse 7 of ask, seek, and knock. But then look at verse 8. Here's, here's what I never really noticed. It's a double repetition. It's like six times he's saying this in two verses, you need to pray. Because in verse 7, it's ask, seek, and knock. And then what does he say in verse 8? Ask, seek, and knock again. Everyone who asks uh, receives, and everyone who seeks finds. The one who knocks it will be open. So there's this double repetition. And, and, and it's, it's incredible to me. There's, an, there's repetition two times. It's like he takes one breath and says it, and then he takes the same, a, a second breath and says the exact same thing again. You think he might be trying to get something across here? I think he's trying to get across to us that we need to pray. He's calling us to pray. Now, I focus for a moment on the plea. I want you to notice also the promise. He makes an unequivocal blanket promise that if you will pray in this way, in a certain way, God will answer your prayers. He'll give you what you're asking for. Would you dare have the audacity to say, if you'll pray like I'm getting ready to tell you to pray, God will give you what you want every time? I wouldn't have that audacity, but that's what Jesus does. He tells us, if you'll pray in this way, you'll get the things that you've asked for. So what are the types of prayers that God will undoubtedly answer? The first way is persistently. Persistently. Now, I touched on this uh, a couple weeks ago when we talked about the Lord's Prayer and how Jesus said, don't use vain repetition. And I, I talked a little bit about that. And so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it here. But it's worth noting that, again, Jesus says, be persistent in your prayers. We don't get this in English, but if you look at verses 7 and 8, those words, ask, seek, and knock, are what uh, grammarians call uh, uh, present imperatives. Now, that probably didn't bless your soul a whole lot. But a present imperative means that Jesus says, do it and keep doing it. He's commanding us, that's the imperative, and it's to be, it's present tense, just keep doing it. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Now I think he implied in this is the reality that sometimes God doesn't answer us immediately. You know, sometimes we'll pray and, you know, we're like, oh God, you need to do this this week. I just know you do. And I know you want to. And 
it doesn't happen this week. And then we're like, come on, God. Okay, well, maybe maybe really you need to do it next week. And we pray for that. And it doesn't happen next week either. And after a while, sometimes we start to lose hope. And Jesus says, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. And there are times whenever it feels like God's forgotten us, like God has forsaken us, like when we pray, it's like the heavens are brass. And in those times, Jesus' words are echoing back, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Another thing this persistence in prayer shows is our sincerity. Our sincerity. I've noticed that the things that I care about a lot, I pray about more often. I pray about more than once. One preacher I read, he said this, I thought it was a great statement. He said, God promises an answer to the one who diligently seeks him. Many of our dispassionate prayers are not answered for good reason, because it is almost as if we ask God to care about some care more about something. Sorry. It is almost as if we ask God to care about something we care little or nothing about. And I thought, man, that's a good statement. Sometimes we pray and it, then we don't think anything else about it. And it's like, I wonder sometimes if we're not wanting God to care more about it than we do. So pray persistently. But also pray in faith. Part and parcel of, of this prayer that God answers, and really persistent prayer is faith. We have to pray in faith. Now, faith has kind of gotten a black eye recently with all the faith teachers. They've taken that word faith and they've misused it and abused it. Uh, and many of them will tell tell their followers, if you just have enough faith, God is obligated to do uh, anything according to your whims. But that's not the case at all. See, we should have faith. And, and, and we shouldn't doubt that many times we kind of get that backwards, don't we? We doubt a little bit. Sometimes we doubt a whole lot. I know this has never happened to you, but probably somebody you know. You've prayed, and God answered your prayer, and you went, oh, or not you, they went, oh, I'm surprised. I, I'm kind of surprised that that happened. Well, why are you surprised if you've been praying about it? See, we, we, need, to have that, we need to have faith. We need to trust God. See, we can't obligate God to do anything because He's in charge and not us. But we must have faith. Now, what does the Bible say about faith in relation to prayer? If you write in your, in your uh, Bible, if you write notes on your bulletin, I'm going to give you some, some scripture verses. Uh, you can look them up later if you want to, but I'll, uh, I'll just read them to you. Matthew 12, tw- uh, sorry, Matthew 21, verse 22. Jesus says, In all things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. In Mark 11:23, Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him. James chapter 1, verses 6 to 8. But he must ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For the man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So when you pray, do you trust that God's going to give you what you've asked for? Do you really believe that God is going to answer you? Because if not, that's an area where you need to work on. You need to work on your faith. Uh, a second thing, or another thing that, that the Bible says about prayer is that we need to pray according to the will of God. 
pray according to the will of God. First uh, John chapter five verses fourteen and fifteen says, "This is the confidence which we have before Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He will hear us. And it, and if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from Him." Now that's kind of a, a similar idea to what is in Psalm thirty-seven. Uh, you may not recognize the reference, Psalm thirty-seven. But no doubt you've probably said it, you've heard it. Delight yourself in the Lord and what? He'll give you the desires of your heart. Or uh, John chapter 15, uh, Jesus says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. These are all very similar in, in, in essence. And here's how they hang together. God says, if we will pray according to his will, he'll hear us. So how do we know that our prayers line up with His will? Isn't that, the, isn't that the question? By abiding in Christ? By delighting yourself in Him? When you make Him your, your priority? When you're obedient to Him? When you keep His commandments? When you seek first His kingdom and His righteousness? When you do those things... See, what, what happens is when we do those things... As we draw closer to God, the Bible says He sanctifies us. That means that He's, he's working on us down here. He, he's going to change our, our wants and desires so they match up more with His. He transforms us. The Bible says uh, that, that our minds should be transformed. We shouldn't be uh, conformed to the image of the world. And as He does that, our wills and our desires become like His. And so now the things that we want, what delights us, are going to be closer to the things that God wants. going to be closer to the things that God delights in. And so our prayers, as we draw closer to God, as we spend time with Him, our prayers are going to be more and more in line with what God wants. They're going to be more in line with His will. And maybe that's an area where you need to work on today. Maybe you've come to church. I mean, you're here every Sunday. Maybe you're here once a month. But it doesn't matter. You're, you're, you may be at church outwardly, but you're in a far country inwardly. And you can, you can stand behind a pulpit and be far from God in your heart. Are you involved in stuff you know you shouldn't be involved in? Because maybe you need to come back home. Because, because having a prayer life that pleases God, that God's going to answer, is based on us spending time with Him and our wills matching His will. Another thing that Jesus says that we need to do is we need to pray with the right motivations. Pray with the right motivations. Why are you praying for the things that you're praying for? Why do you pray for the things that you pray for? James chapter 4, verse 3 says, You ask and do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, so that you may spend it on your pleasures. Are you asking God for this or that? And the reason is to gratify self. And we talked about this some on, on Wednesday that it's okay to enjoy life. It's okay to enjoy the things that God has given. It's, in, it's okay to enjoy the fruits of our labor. That's a gift of God, the Bible says. This is not saying you cannot enjoy life. But what it is saying, and it's not to say we can't pray that something good happens to us. But what it is saying is that if your main motivation is to indulge yourself and to gratify your flesh, especially if you're going to take more pleasure in the gift and in the giver of the gift, James says, you're asking to miss. So today would be a good day to check your motives. Why are you praying what you're praying for? 
last part of, of this I want to mention here is that we need to pray in Jesus' name. Pray in Jesus' name. Jesus said in John 14, Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. He goes on to say in John 16, In that day you will not question me about anything. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he'll give it to you. Until now you've asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, so that your joy may be made full. Are you getting a hint? Jesus is saying, pray in my name. But what does that mean? Well, if you've grown up in churches, been to churches, here's what you may think it means. In Jesus' name, amen. That's not praying in Jesus' name. What? Pastor, you're getting heretical. No, that's not, what, that's not praying in Jesus' name. Praying in Jesus' name means that, that uh, we're not just tacking a phrase onto the end of our prayers. It means that our prayers are something that Jesus would endorse. It, it means that he could put his amen at the end of our prayer. It's, it's something that when you're praying, could you imagine Jesus praying for what you just prayed for? That's praying in Jesus' name. It's whenever he, it's in line with his will, and it goes along with praying according to the will of the Father because that's what Jesus always did. And if we'll do all those things the Bible talks about, and the Bible says other things about prayer, but if we'll do those things when we ask, when we seek, and when we knock, we know that we will receive, we'll find, and it'll be open to us. Jesus said it'll happen every time. Now Jesus finishes up this teaching. We spent a lot of time in verses 7 and 8. But then in verses 9, 10, and 11... He finishes up with an illustration and example. He says that we should pray because God loves us and he knows how to give good gifts a lot better than we do. And then he fleshes that out. And here's what he says. He, he uses a familiar picture, which is family. A very familiar picture in the family is kids asking their parents for stuff. And he says, What father among you, if your child comes to you and says, Can I have a loaf. If, can I have some bread? Now, bread and fish, those were the staples of Palestinian diet back then. Can I have a loaf? Is he going to give him a bread? Is he going to give him a stone? In that part of the country, there's, they have rocks that are the size, shape, and color of a loaf of bread. They're not like big loaf of bunny bread. You know, they're like just the, the loaves that they would cook. And that's why it was probably such a temptation when Jesus after his baptism was in the wilderness, he was 40 days without food while the devil say, turn those stones into what? Bread. It looked like it. I'm sure, I'm sure Jesus could probably almost smell it, bacon. And he says, which one of you, is, if, if your child asks you for a loaf, if he's asking for something he needs, something that he wants, something to, to satisfy some, some part of him, is going to give him something that in the end is not going to be useful. Instead, it's going to mock him. It looks like it has the color of it, same shape. Everything looks the same, but it, it's not going to do any good. It's kind of mocking. Jesus says, no parent in their right mind is going to do that to their child. And then he says, and what if, you're, what if your child asks for a fish? Are you going to give him a serpent? And he probably has in mind there maybe an eel or something like that. In other words, he's saying that you're not going to give your child something that maybe looks about the same then the end is going to be for their harm if we're not going to do that how much more so our Heavenly Father who loves us 
And, and if we being, he says, being evil, we're, we're fallen. We don't love like we should. None of that stuff. We don't live up to what we should. And if we, being in the condition that we're in, can give good gifts, how much more our Heavenly Father? On the other side of that coin, sometimes I think we pray for stuff that God knows would be like giving us a serpent, and God God gives us a fish instead. He's not going to take something that we think is going to be good for us that really in the end would be for our harm. He's not going to say, okay, here you go. See what you think about that. No, He's going to give us something that's better. He's going to give us the fish instead. may not be what we're asking for, but it's a lot better for us. See, God loves us, and, and, and He's much better than we are, and we can count on Him to give us the good things when we pray. And he, Jesus is imploring us here to pray. Pray, pray, pray. Ask, seek, knock, pray persistently. Pray in faith. Pray according to His will. Pray with the right motivations. Pray in Jesus' name. Why? Because we need it. We need Him. We need to be reminded of how much we need Him. And we can be assured that He's going to hear us and answer us every time. The problem that I have is many times I don't live up to the stuff that Jesus is saying. I'm way down here and He's saying you need to be praying up here. And I think it's in those times that what Paul says in Romans that when we pray and we don't know what to even pray for, the Spirit intercedes for us. And I, I really appreciate that. Because I, I'm just, man, I don't know what to pray for. I just see the Spirit sometimes saying, Father, Jeff's praying again. He didn't know what he's talking about. Here's what, here's what he needs. But you know what? God loves us, and he may not, he may not answer us and give us the exact same thing that we're asking for. He'll give us something better. Now, if you pray for, you know, a, a twenty-five thousand dollar job a year, that's not your. If you pray for your wages to be twenty-five thousand dollars. A year, that's not saying God's going to give you a $100,000 job a year. You know what I mean. I don't know if I said those words in the right order. But you get the idea, right? But he, he gives gifts a lot better than we do. So what area is it that you need to work on? Because none of us live up to the type of prayer that Jesus was talking about. Is it in praying? Sometimes we're so busy we don't even pray. Maybe you just need to work on having a prayer life in general. Setting aside some time, not just going through your day without prayer, but, but praying. Maybe, maybe you've been praying for something for a long time. Maybe it's a, uh, an unbelieving spouse or, or family member or friend. Maybe you're starting to lose your faith. Jesus calls us to keep praying. Are you praying that your will is done? Or the God's will is done. You know, sometimes we don't know the type of prayer that God's going to answer. But there's one prayer that we always know that God will always answer every single time. And that's the prayer of repentance. Because the Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And that's why Paul could say that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you've never done that, Today is the day to do that.